Well, good morning, Grace. How are we doing today so far? Doing good? All right. All right. It's going to be an exciting day. It's already been an exciting day. We get to experience uh, people going public in baptism in in just a little bit. That's always uh, just a great time to celebrate what God has done in the lives of of his children. So uh, my name is Mike Silliman. I'm the Karen Connections pastor here at Grace, and I have the, uh, the opportunity, the privilege today to share uh, with you from God's Word. We're continuing our series, Love Does, and we're learning how to put love into action, right? That, that love is a verb. It's, it's, we, should be, we should be doing love. And uh, we've had a great series so far, and uh, oftentimes it's easy to know how to best love someone. A lot of times that's obvious, right? Someone has a practical need. We pick it up and we, and we help them, right? We're driving. Uh, somebody has a flat tire. You probably should stop and, and offer to help them fix their, their, their flat tire. Uh, someone had a rough week. Someone had an accident. Someone had a tragedy happen. There's very practical and tangible ways that we can come alongside people and we can help them, and we can do love in their life. But then there's another type of love, uh, and there's another type of situation that happens sometimes in our lives when it's a little more difficult to know how to best love someone. Uh, For example, someone that you are in relationship with makes a poor choice uh, or a series of poor choices. Uh, Let me bring it uh, a little closer to home. Maybe it's a son or a daughter that's making a poor choice or making a series of poor choices. And we ask the question, how can I best love my son or daughter in this situation? Or maybe it's uh, your husband or your wife that continues to make uh, a series of poor choices. And, and we ask that question, how do I come alongside of them and how do I best love that person in, in those situations. Maybe it's a friend, uh, a really close friend of yours, and you see them going down the wrong path, making a series of choices that uh, are hurting themselves, and you wonder, how do I, how do I come alongside of them and, and best love them in those situations? Uh, and what's love look like in those situations? And is it possible that the very thing that I'm doing to love them is actually not loving them at all? It's actually hurting them. That's what we're going to look at today. Uh, maybe you've uh, broke a, a bone in your, your leg uh, before, and uh, you went to the hospital, and you had some x-rays taken, and, and it was confirmed. Your, your leg is, is broken, and they reset the bone in, in your leg, right? They put it back where it's supposed to be, and uh, then they casted your broken bone, and they gave you a set of crutches, and these crutches are meant to take the weight off of your broken bone, right? So that your broken bone can, can heal. So you can get back to the time and place where, where you can actually put weight on, on your broken leg. Uh, and um, we need these crutches during, during that time. If we try to put weight on a, on a bone that's not healed, we're actually going to do more damage, right? We're going we're gonna to hurt that bone further, and, and it's not going to heal 
uh, in the way that it should heal. Uh, and some of us go like we're supposed to go to the physical therapy appointments, right? And uh, we go see a physical therapist, and, and they begin uh, kind of assessing where we're at in the healing process, and they begin telling us, uh, okay, you can start bending your leg in this direction now. It's safe to do that. And they kind of twist and turn and make you take steps, right, towards the process of of what? Of, of getting rid of these things so that you can put full weight back on your broken leg. And uh, here's the deal. There, if, if we continue to use the crutches after our leg can support itself, are, are we doing, uh, are, are we helping ourselves? No, we're not, we're not helping ourselves, right? Uh, because at some point when our bone is, is ready to receive the full weight of our body, we need to put these things aside and uh, so that the muscles in our leg can start growing stronger so we can learn uh, to, to utilize the muscles and, and, and begin to get back to full health. And it's a lot like our relationships. There comes a time in our relationships when someone you love, someone that's close to you, someone that you are in a relationship with, uh, you come alongside and you help them as you should. But there comes also a time in the relationship when you have to recognize uh, that what you're doing is you're actually uh, hurting them rather than helping them. And so today I want to look at uh, a portion of Scripture that's going to give us great insight on on answering that question, how do I love someone even when they've made poor choices or made a series of poor choices? So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, if you need a Bible. This morning, go ahead and raise your hand. An usher would love to put one in your hand this morning. Galatians chapter 6. If you're in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, turn right. Okay, if you're in Ephesians, turn left. You went a little too far. Uh, Galatians chapter 6. And when you find that, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to read out loud together the first 10 verses of Galatians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Let's read this out loud. Let's read this out loud together. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You may have a seat. And so when someone we are in relationship with is 
is caught in sin, and we're not, we don't know what type of sin that is. It doesn't specify. It can be all kinds of, of different types of, of sin or poor choices that a person makes. We're told those who live by the Spirit, meaning those who, who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we, we live by the Spirit, that we are to restore them gently. We're to restore them. So the goal in, in this situation, when, when we're faced with this type of situation, is restoration. That's the goal. We want to see them restored. We want to see uh, them back to full health, recognizing that when one part of the body hurts, all of the body suffers, right? And, and it's hard to, to see someone um, who's suffering, right? And, and so our goal is to come alongside of them, to restore them, to bring them back to a place where they're, they are in a healthy relationship with the Lord and others around them. It's interesting, this word restore in the Greek is the same word that we use uh, to describe resetting a broken bone. It's, it's, the, it's the word restore, and we're to restore someone. How are we supposed to restore someone? How are we supposed to do that? We're to restore them. Up, oh, up, oh, help me out here. How are we supposed to restore a person? We're, we're to restore them what? Gently. We're to restore them gently, not, not harshly, right? We don't kick a brother or a sister when they're down. We don't kick a broken leg, but we restore them gently. And um, what does that look like? What does is, what is restoring someone gently look like? Well, gentleness is not weakness. We need to understand that. Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is strength under the control of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's, there's a big difference because uh, it, it's not weakness. It's not condoning sin. It's not shrinking back when someone sins. It's not not being willing to call out sin in a person's life. It's not that at all. Uh, matter of fact, it's great strength, but it's, but it's under the control of the Holy Spirit. And it's really important that when we're restoring somebody, we do it under the control of the Holy Spirit. See, gentleness is both bold and humble. It's bold enough to confront sin and look it square in the eyes and say, that's wrong. That's not living how God wants you to live. But it's also done, gentleness is also done with great humility. Humility. Recognizing that I could be in that same situation. Humility. Recognizing that, like, that could be me. That, that, that could be me. Not looking at that person and saying, you know, I'm so glad I'm not like them. I, I am so glad that I don't struggle like, like they struggle. I'm so, so glad that I'm beyond that. That's not, that's not humility. That, that's, that's pride. And Paul tells us that we should test ourselves to make sure that, that we're not trying to restore someone with a heart full of pride. And, and he asked us to check our, our motivation here in this passage of Scripture to make sure that we're restoring a person gently. Restoring them gently, not harshly. 
And verse 2 says that we're to, to carry each other's burdens. And when we do, we're fulfilling the, the law of Christ. Uh, we're, we're fulfilling that law that Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It pleases Jesus when he sees his children carrying the burdens of another. We need to carry the burdens of, of one another. But check out verse 5. Sometimes we, we don't see this as we're reading through uh, Galatians chapter 5. Look, out, look at verse 5 of chapter 6. It says, for each one should carry what? What are they supposed to carry? Their own load. Now, it's interesting because a couple of verses, verse 2, we're told to carry one another's burdens... But in verse 5, it says that each one should carry their own load. And so we're to carry burdens, but we're not to carry someone's load. So what, what is the, the difference? Because if, if we're supposed to carry burdens, I want to know what a burden is, right? And, and if we're not supposed to carry someone's load we should know what that is as well because maybe in an effort uh, to help someone, we think we're helping them, we think we're loving them, we think we're, we're doing our part as what we should be doing and carrying someone's burden when in actuality, maybe, just maybe, we're not carrying their burden, we're carrying their load. And there's a difference. And I, I, I want to kind of talk about those differences. Uh, this is my, my definition of a burden, if you're taking notes. A burden is a temporary or spontaneous situation or hardship that comes into a person's life that we should help to carry. It's a, it's a temporary, a spontaneous situation or hardship that comes into a person's life. That, and, and we should we should be ready to step in. We should be ready to carry that burden when we see that happening in our brothers and our sisters and people that we're in relationship with. A load, however, a load is a responsibility or a consequence or consequences that needs to be owned and carried by the individual. There's a, there's a big difference between a, a burden and a load. See, carrying a burden is helping a person realize that they're not alone. It's helping them see Jesus through the midst of their confusion that, that they're in. Uh, I sometimes call this confusion the tunnel of chaos. And the tunnel of chaos is a really dark tunnel when you're going through a situation in your life and or maybe you fall into the trap of sin and you fall into this trap of making some poor choices in your life. You can't see in front of you. It's, it's chaotic and it's a dark tunnel. And what you need through that dark tunnel of chaos is you need someone who, being led by the Spirit, can grab you by the hand and say, come on, I want to help walk you towards Jesus. I, I want to help walk you towards towards Jesus. And that's carrying a burden. It's, it's reminding them that they're going to get through this. It's, it's helping them, check this out, it's helping them figure out how to help themselves. Carrying a burden, it's helping someone help themselves is what it's doing. Helping them come up, because sometimes all they need is someone to help process the, the situation with them. 
And, and when they're in the midst of the, of the crisis themselves, they're not able to see the options in front of them. They're not able to see what's the right decision and what's a wrong decision. And carrying one another's burdens comes alongside and says, okay, let's look at God's word together. Let's work at, look at what God's word says, and you help point them to, to doing the right, the right thing. And, and maybe carrying someone's burden is helping them in a practical way. You know, easing a burden off of them so they can focus on taking the steps that they need to take, that only they uh, can take in the process. But, but here's, here's what we often do in, in an effort to help someone. We take on carrying a person's load that's not ours to carry. And we're actually hurting them. We're, we're what we call enabling them. And, and friends, that's not love. It, it might feel like we're, we're loving them. It might feel like we're doing the right thing, but you're actually hurting a person when, you're, when you are, are doing that. And so we need a lot of wisdom to know the difference between what a, what a load is and what a burden is, right? Like, I want to know that the difference between those two. And sometimes the line's pretty clear and other times it's pretty fuzzy and we need to really lean into wisdom in those moments. We need to really seek the Lord and maybe the counsel of other believers that are living by the Spirit to say, okay, here's my situation. I want to love this person well, but I need a little bit of help navigating what my role is and what their role is, right? And see, here's what love does. Love leans into wisdom to know the difference between a burden and a load. Love carries the burden, but leaves the load. And we need to lean into wisdom in order to know the difference. And I love what James chapter 1, verse 5 says. And it says, if any of you lack wisdom, right? You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. See, if we don't lean into wisdom, we may think we're helping someone, but we're actually enabling them. Enabling someone is not loving someone. And here's the difference between helping and enabling. Helping, helping is doing something for someone else that they are not capable of doing for themselves. That's helping someone. It's doing something for someone that they're not capable of doing for themselves. Enabling, however, is doing things for someone else that they can and should be doing for themselves. And so sometimes we enable people for different reasons. Sometimes I'm convinced that we enable people just because we don't know the difference between helping and enabling. And we're, we're kind-hearted, and we bleed mercy, and we, we just, we see a need, and, and just, you know, it, it causes our heart to be stirred. And that's a good thing. God placed that in us, right? And, and that, that's, that's mercy that we, that we have in our heart towards, towards a person and in a situation. We hate to see people hurting, and sometimes we enable people just simply because we don't know the difference. We don't know that we're hurting them. We think we're helping, but in actuality, we're, 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 we're hurting them, and we just don't know the difference. Other times, we continue to enable people just because it's easier, right? Because if I just do what this person wants me to do, then I don't have to argue with them about the steps that they should be making in, in their life. And sometimes, parents, sometimes it's just easier to do for our kids 
what they should be doing for themselves just to avoid an argument. And so sometimes just because, just because we don't want to, we're tired of the arguing, we're, we're weary from that, we, we don't want to do the right thing. And we, and we don't want to force our kids to, to pick up their own load or force our friend to pick up their, their own load. And then sometimes, sometimes we continue to enable people because we actually like the feeling of control that it gives us. We, when someone is dependent on you and on me, it gives us this sense of they need me. And here's the reality. We all like to be needed. Uh, we all want to be needed. And we want to be useful. But some of us, because of the pride in our lives that maybe we don't even see, we're enabling a person that's close to us in our lives. And, and if you're honest with yourself, you're, you're, you're enabling them because you like the control that you have over that person. You like the fact that they're dependent on you because you're able to control them and you're able to manipulate them. And, 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 and that's sometimes the reasons why we enable people. But here's what we need to understand. Enabling someone, it stands in the way of a person experiencing the natural consequences of their own behavior. And, and it robs them of the spiritual growth that God intends to do in them and through them and in their lives. So enabling, when you're enabling someone, you're doing for someone that which they could and they should be doing for themselves. You're actually, you're actually standing in the way of what God wants to do in their life. And that's not love. That's not, that's not love. And so we need to be really careful about that. Uh, look at verses 7 and 8. Verses 7 and 8, it says this. Do not be what? What's the word? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man does what? Reaps what he what? He reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. See, people need to experience this principle, the sowing and the reaping principle, in their lives in order for them to learn from their mistakes. It's the principle that God put into motion. It's, it's how we learn. It's how we grow. It's called discipline. It's called discipline, and, and we know that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but what? If you know the verse, but what? But painful, right? Later on, however, it produces a harvest of what? Of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so this sowing and this reaping principle is so important. It's important in your friend's life. It's important in your kids' lives. It's important in your spouse's life. That they, it's important that they, they experience that what they sowed, they are going to reap. And here's my fear, that oftentimes we as parents, we as friends, uh, you know, uh, uh, they plant corn, and we come alongside, no, that's not supposed to be corn there, so we dig it up, and we plant beans in the place. And then what, 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 what comes out of the ground is beans. Problem solved. No problem, right? 
The, the, the only problem with that is your, your kid or your friend or your spouse goes back the next time and plants corn because you're turning around, digging up the corn and planting what's supposed to be planted. And people need to experience this principle in their lives as, as difficult and as hard as it is. Please, hear, hear me, parents. Don't enable your children. Friends, don't enable your friends. Spouses, don't enable your husband or your, your wife. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't pick up their load that was intended for them to carry. Pick up their burden. Yeah, absolutely. Do that all day long. Carry their burden all day long, but do not pick up their load. Do not pick up their load. How do you know you're enabling someone? I want to give you some questions to think through. As you hear these questions, I want you just to kind of make a mental checklist. Do I find myself doing this in my relationships with my kids, with my, my spouses, with my friends? Here's the questions. Do you often ignore unacceptable behavior? Do you find yourself resenting the responsibilities you take on? Do you consistently put your own needs and desires aside in order to help someone else? Do you ever feel fearful that not doing something will cause a blow-up, make the person leave you, or even result in violence? Do you ever lie to cover up for someone else's mistakes? Do you consistently assign blame for problems to other people rather than the one who is really responsible? Do you continue to offer help when it is never appreciated or acknowledged? Do you loan money repeatedly and seldom, if ever, get repaid? Do you threaten to throw out your adult son or daughter never to follow through? Are you seeing a strain in your marriage because your spouse wants to exercise tough love on your child, but you keep dragging your feet? Parents, do you finish a project that your child failed to complete themselves because it was just easier than arguing with them to get it done? Do you repeatedly pay for someone's rent or mortgage for fear that they might end up homeless? Do you repeatedly pay bills for someone so they don't lose their car, their cell phone, their cable, their electricity? Do you make excuses for someone's hot temper? If you answered yes to any of those questions, we need to ask the question, or we need to begin to realize that maybe I'm enabling. I'm probably enabling a person that I love deeply, and I'm actually hurting them. I'm not helping them. And it's time to take the crutches away. Love is not a long-term crutch. Love is not a long-term crutch. And maybe you're here. Maybe you're the one that was caught in sin. Maybe you are the one that's being restored. And you need to understand this morning that when the crutch gets pulled away, it's because they love you. When, 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 they, when they put your load down on the floor and force you to pick it up, it's not because they, you know, they, they, they don't like you. It's because, no, it's because they love you. And, and, and we need to understand that. Proverbs, Scripture is just loaded with, with this type of teaching. One Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 19 says this, a hot-tempered person, a hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them and you will have to do it again. It's, it's the law of sowing 
and reaping that needs to play out in people's lives. Is it difficult to do this? Absolutely. Is it hard? Is it painful? Yes, it is. But we're, we're, we're wanting restoration, and restoration can't happen until a person is willing to carry their load. I've had two times in my parenting over the years where I've had to walk two of my kids into the store because they walked out with something that did not belong to them. Now, don't worry. I think we're past that. So don't, you know, like when the Silliman's come over to your house, don't, you know, you don't have to lock stuff down too much. But two times. One time we were on vacation and, and um, probably like you, uh, you know, our kids have their own money to spend and when it's gone, it's gone, right? And, and uh, one of my children went into a store. They saw something they really wanted after they blew their wad of money already. And so dad said, no, you can't have it. And um, my child uh, took what didn't belong to him, put it, put it in their pocket and and left the store. And a little while later, we're walking down the street, and I see this child start playing with the toy that they didn't buy. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't say, don't do that. That wasn't nice. No, I, I did what you would probably do as a parent too. I walked him back into the store, and I uh, called for the manager. And I asked for the manager. And, and at this point, my child was in tears, just doing the whole... <gasps> you know, where you can't quite say what you want to say because you're trying to, you know, that's what my child was doing. And, and this manager, you know, was standing there like melting. And, and I'm trying to like look at the manager, like say, no, you're, you're, you are not going to do that, are you? You're not caving on me right now in this moment, are you? And finally, I think I gave the eye contact, you know, to the manager and the manager realized, okay, this is a teaching moment. Dad, dad wants to teach. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and the manager did a great job. You know, uh, you, you know, you know, if you, when we catch somebody stealing, we call the cops. Like you could end up in jail and did a phenomenal job. Did a, just a great job. I was, yeah, this is great. And here's the deal. It was the law of sowing and reaping that needed to play out in my child's life. Really, really, really important. And, and that meant that there could have been some consequences. I, after I, saw, I first saw the manager, I knew that well, the consequences are probably going to be pretty minimal. But there could have been some pretty significant consequences. And, and, but, but my child needed to go through that. And, and, and our friends and the people in your life, the people that you love, they need to go through and experience this law in their life if, if we ever want restoration to take place. This law needs to bear out in, in our lives. See, love is not a long-term crutch. It's not a long-term crutch. So after, after Paul challenges us to not ignore this law of sowing and reaping. He encourages us to keep doing the right kind of good for people. Look at verses 9 and, and 10. It says this, let us not become, what's the word? Say it again. Let us not become weary in doing good for, what, what's the next phrase? This is so important. What, what's the next phrase? For what? 
at the proper time. At the proper time. That's not, that's not as soon as you want it to be. Trust me, right? It's not, it, that, that time cannot come soon enough for us. But we got to understand, uh, even in the world of agriculture, you plant something today, you're not going to harvest it right away, right? And, and, and the law of, 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 of sowing and reaping takes time in a person's life. But, but here's what it says. At the proper time, we will reap a harvest. What's the word? If we do not, what? Give up. Give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. As we wrap things up this morning, I know in a room this size that some of you this is your world right now. Like you are in the midst of this right now with a son or daughter or husband or wife or a friend. And, um, and you're weary. Truth be told, you're, you're weary. You're tired of fighting the constant battle, the constant argument. And the temptation for you is to pick up the load because it's just easier. To, to pick up the load and start doing what your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, your friend should be doing for themselves. And I just want to encourage you this morning, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Carry their burden. Absolutely carry their burden. Love them. Carry their burden. But do not carry their load. Allow this, this, this law of, 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 of sowing and reaping to bear itself out and uh, continue um, Continue just doing good, doing the right kind of good. Because if we do, if we don't give up in proper time, in proper time, we will, we will see a harvest. We will see a harvest. Lord, uh, this is so hard for us to do. It's so difficult at times to know um, What's a burden and what's a load and in our desire to just help people and in our desire to just want what's best for people and our desire to, to uh, see a person going through a difficult time, uh, you know, get through the other end. Lord, there are times when we pick up people's load and, and, uh, and, and we, we need to put it down and we need the courage to put it down. Lord, would you help us? Uh, Lord, we need wisdom in these situations. I pray for the mom and the dad that's, uh, that's just in the middle of this right now, God. I pray that you'd give them strength. Uh, they're weary. Would you come alongside of them? Uh, would you remind them, uh, Lord, that, uh, that you're disciplining their, their son or their daughter? And uh, this is part of that process, God. And would you give them everything that they need in the midst of, of, of this situation, God? We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.